My guest is Sophia Solanke, who is an entrepreneur and content marketer with 15 years of experience in building great products and businesses for the content and digital marketing industry. The, po- the products she has built use- used cutting-edge artificial intelligence, big data analytics, and NLP technologies. Hello, Sophia. Hi, Joseph. Really nice to be on the show, and oh. thank you for inviting me. Sure. I, uh, I think that you're doing some exciting things. So uh, I see you move around a bit. Where are you today? Well, I, I'm in Sydney, and like I was speaking before, we, we are in the midst of a lockdown. Uh, uh, the pandemic hitting us bad, so yeah, that's where we are. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've been moving around a lot. I've lived in New York for some time. I've been um, in India for some time, and I've been now uh, in Sydney for uh, for five years. So yeah, I've been a global citizen so far. Global citizen, <laughs> there you go, yeah. Uh, the days before COVID. <laughs> yeah, the days yeah. before COVID. Yeah. So I, I saw you were with a company called Opera Solutions for a great for a good part of your career. What did you do there? Yeah, yeah so, so I was a, a business consultant and we used to do uh, big data analytics for, for large firms. So I worked for a large publishing company. I've also worked for a travel company for some time, but we used to uh, create these recommendation engines to figure out, you know, who are your best customers? How do they relate to each other? How can you cross sell, upsell? So a lot of that stuff. And um, we also did some cool work around, you know, um, t- targeting ads to the right users and stuff like that. But all of it was informed by analytics, machine learning, uh, try to make sense of data and try to get um uh, good recommendations uh, such that you can organize your process really well. Cool. So you you actually sold and built a successful SaaS software called Drum Up. What did it do? And tell me, you how did you go from startup to purchase in less than three years? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so yeah. So, so we, um, it was a content agency business uh, called Godot Media. So we uh, I've been at it for about 12 years. So there's been a lot of learning that we have gained through and there's a lot of um, uh, things that have come through. So it's not, we don't build these startups, startups out of nothing. You know, there's a lot of uh, information that goes in. We talk to clients and partners and then we figure out the pain points and that's how DrumUp came into being as well. So it was a content recommendation engine. Uh, so you could give uh, some topics and themes of your interest and it would show you this, you know, the latest and the most exciting stories, filter out all the uh, noise that Google brings in their Google searches. And you were able to do all your social media management, creating uh, content and stories around those recommendations. So we built out a semantic web to understand how topics relate to each other. So it was pretty cool. And, um, you know, then th- there were changes in about three years time. We were running really well um, on a personal front. So that's that's why we ended up moving ahead. But Trump has an owner right now and it's it's doing really well as a product today. So, awesome. so yeah, that was a good journey. Yeah. And I want to another. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you now you still you still have Godot, Godot Media going on, right? And now, and now you've got another uh, startup. You, you founded a content creation and collaboration pa- platform called Nerado. 
That's right. So, so we built Narejo again out of a lot of learnings from our agency business, Godot. And um, it happened that, you know, it, uh, that when we were running our content operations, uh, very often we would, you know, try to bring our process cleanly together with project management software. We were using custom software. We actually built like three different versions of agency software that could run our operations well before we decided, no, we, we needed a good, solid product and project. And that's where Nareto came from. Um, our clients and partners were facing the same problem. You know, their, their process was broken on documents. There were sheets and there were project management software, quality tools. It was just a big mess. So we thought, let's build one single integrated platform where you can go all the way from uh, your content planning to creation, to collaboration, team management. Uh, uh, to publishing. So, so that's, that's how we ended up with Narrato. And, um, right now it's really powerful. Godot uses it. We, we ate our own dog food in product development, product management terminology. And, and it's great. It's, it tastes it's yeah. pretty good. And, um, I think we've seen reduced errors. Our clients are seeing a lot of efficiency come through as well. So it's, it's, it's been a good journey so far. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, content is incredibly important for visibility, right? And, you know, it's just becoming a bigger and bigger process, like you mentioned. What, do, what is your view on this situation of content? I mean, what is your philosophy behind what you're doing with Narado and how, how you manage it? Yeah, so, I mean, content marketing is, is a hundreds of billions of dollars industry today, and it's going double digits, so it's huge. And, uh, and the content process, you know, at some point, like 10 years ago, it used to be, okay, we are going to maintain a good website, um, a good web presence. We'll probably have a blog, maintain social media, uh, keep our audience engaged. But now these days, it's a lot more. So it's, it's also about, uh, uh, you know, hitting a lot many more channels and sometimes a lot of different content, the same content being repurposed in multiple formats. There are a lot of different team members, approval processes, partners that you're doing running your promotions with. So there are a lot of different stakeholders as well. So it, the process is getting immensely complex. And, uh, you know, it's no longer something, uh, uh, someplace where you can say, okay, there are three things to do. We'll do it well and you'll get through it. You, you need a um, lot more organization. You do need a lot more structure, a lot more planning. And it seems right now that it is getting um, hurdled by, uh, by the fact that you're still using old age content softwares and tools like your regular one fit all solutions like documents or your drop boxes and folders and then going to these task management software. But they're not fitting in as well together. So I think there's, there's this need to have a solid um, uh, technology support for content processes today, and and that's that's basically the um, the thought behind building Nereto uh, uh, as we're going through our journey. What do you think are you know the biggest pain points for content teams? Yeah, so there are two things, um, and one stems from the other uh, essentially. So I think. Uh, the first one is basically the goal of every content creator. So you want to be able to build content that delivers results. And it's really hard because, you know, there are the 
many things there. It's a multifaceted problem. There's SEO, so you need uh, to be visible through search engines. Um, it's, uh, it's also the problem of finding the right ideas to be able to hit the right buyer personas. It's, it's also about, uh, you know, finding that really sweet spot of a topic, which, uh, which basically allows you to address a pain point as well as still give you a lot of useful information. So there's a lot that goes on it. And it's, it's really tough to come up with a content that is, um, that will deliver you results. So, and because of that, your content process itself is also getting really complex, which is, I think, the second biggest pain point. Um, that there's a lot that's involved in the content process and a lot that needs to inform the content process. So I have talked to a lot of teams and I do that day in and day out. And they're just struggling to figure out how to keep it aligned and how to not keep running after different pieces of it. Um, so, so these are the two big problems, building content that delivers results and the, having a content process that lets you build that content that can deliver results. So, you know, if you're building a process, what would uh, identify as the the pillars of a great content? So, um, yeah, so I think there are four or five pillars uh, that, that you can potentially identify. And it starts from having a very well-defined, solid process, uh, which basically identifies what each of your team members are doing. There's a clear responsibility set. There's a clear workflow. I mean, and you can do it on a document. You can do it uh, through a flowchart, but be able to say that this is how your process is going to move. So a good, well-defined process. Uh, the second pillar, I would say, is the visibility throughout this process, the ability to be able to track where you are in the process, how your different uh, uh, pieces of content are going through. Third, I would say is collaboration. So you should have a process where, you know, the ideas are flowing easily. Your communication is flowing easily. You're not just, um, you, you're, you're not just going through it, uh, as a single person team and an individual throughout the teams because that doesn't work anymore. You know, it needs to be collaborative. Uh, you should have. Uh, fourth, I would say you should have a very solid content planning process so that you know exactly where uh, uh, you will be uh, one week down the line. What is the content that you need to be producing for the month or week, whichever way you like to work it out. And lastly, I think it should be measurable. So you should be able to measure um, both content performance, which is something that most businesses, most content teams have been doing. But secondly, also be able to measure um, your process and productivity metrics. What was your time to market for every piece of content? Um, and uh, once it reached the content, what happened? Uh, market, what happened? So yeah, essentially these four or five things which defines uh, a good process. Starting my career, I was a programmer with IBM, right? And one of the things that they did is they marked, we had to mark every line of code that we created. And then eventually they could measure how productive we were and then how error prone we were. And then they would give us assistance. Is it, would a content process also have some way to measure how productive the producers are and, you know, and how, how, which ones produce the most effective content and reach out to people that are not necessarily as uh, uh, productive or efficient and help them out? Definitely. I mean, that's something that could be done. So um, you should be able to generate some reports. And this is something that we are also assisting with Nereo. 
so you would be able to say, okay, you know, the this is this is my content piece. This is where it started, um, and this is where I ended. So, but which date I started, which date I ended, who were the collaborators, and be able to say that you know for each piece of content, what time it took. Um, and uh, so you can measure your productivity that way. You could also see it live, so you could see how it's progressing through your content creation lifecycle. You know, starting from uh, one place to the other. Um, if a con, and you can also have a lot of tools to supplement what a content creator is building. So you know, he or she need not ha- have a lone battle to fight. Uh, so you can have all these great tools which will help the content creator figure out, okay, I'm, you know, I've created this piece of content. Does it read well or not? Um, and if it doesn't read well, what can I do? Should my paragraphs be shorter, longer than all the content briefs and information that comes through? You know, what are the kind of questions I should be answering? And there, there are lots of tools right now in the market which are also helping with this. But to be able to put it together, for a content creator, I think that will help immensely. So doing a little bit of measurement around your time, productivity, and process, and then then providing the tools to content creators to do even better. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, an informed process is, is going to be an involved, uh, measurable entity, uh, not just something that you run through and run along. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every startup I'm involved with has had an aha moment you know, where I've said, oh, that is why I'm going to build this. This is why I'm going to build this. You know, what was your, what was your motivation behind uh, building uh, Narada? Yeah. So for us, I think what was happening was there was a lot of pain that was building over the last decade that we've been trying to manage our content operations at our agency. And it's, it's, it's like we build thousands and thousands of pieces of content every month. And there's a big team, there's a part-time team, and there's a full-time team. Um, so that pain was building up and building up until we reached a point and we said, oh, okay, um, it's not no longer going to be off-the-shelf software. It's no longer going to be these custom pieces of uh, software that we've built inside. But we needed um, we needed a comprehensive solution. And uh, so I, I would say more than an aha moment, there were these uh, moments of pain and that we went through and then we came to a point and we just broke down and said, no, we needed something better and our clients are demanding it. So because the software that we were delivering content through to our clients, they came back and said, look, it doesn't work. It doesn't give me enough visibility. I can't have enough team members uh, working with it. So so we, we said, okay, this is it. This is the point where we do it. And we do it not just for our process, but we do it for all the other content teams out there who can flexibly use a piece of software and um, have that visibility, cleanliness, and the flexibility to have the team together and work together. So that, that was our motivation. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. I, I, I was wondering, and I know this will be hard to do verbally, but can you describe the functionality of what uh, Narada does? Sure. Uh, so it's 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 a it's a content creation and collaboration platform. So it's a platform where uh, so it's it's not your typical project management software where you create pro, uh, little tasks and then assign it to somebody, but it is actually a comprehensive platform where you can go ahead and create content as well. And then each of your content pieces actually becomes a content task and you can track it through the life cycle of its creation. Um, so it basically, this the, the platform allows you to uh, go right from the ideation content planning stage to creating the content on the platform, having one version of your content that can be can commented on that can be sent back and forth for reviews have workflow automation such that you know you can move along the process faster and go all the way to then distributing it and publishing it as well um, so it basically takes you through the entire process and keeps us one version of every piece of content so that you know where to look for it also helps you organize content. So there are many content views that you can work with. You can organize it in folders. You can organize it on a content calendar. Um, and uh, we're also planning a Kanban board, which will, again, be another view which could help you. So so it's, so it's so basically, it's it's one single platform where you can have all your team. And, and team management is, in, an interesting, is interesting as well on Nareto. So we just, it's not just your internal core team. That can be on the platform, you, but you can also invite external stakeholders in different roles, and uh, they be able to see the content that is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ready for them to access, ready for them to view, and be able to collaborate, comment, and approve. Um, so, so yeah, it's a, it's a full full solution. It's it's um, it's also going to be in form integrations. Yeah, one of the things uh, when we were working with IBM. And, you know, we were producing 4,000 pieces of content a month. We had to, we used Google Sheets and extensive trackers because you, know, you got to do all this yeah. content and you got to track it. 
and know where it is. Is there? Do you have built-in tracking sort of things like that to really be able to push it through fast? Yeah. So, so our our aim is to actually replace uh, your Google Sheets and Google Docs because so Google Docs is great for. Um, I mean, it's a great piece of software. It's it's actually evolving, and you can do all those comments, etc., very neatly. But but it's it's still a document, and Google Sheets are still you know a, a table where you input some information. But Narrator is a complete software where um, when you create a piece of content, then every piece of content becomes a task. So not only does it hold that content itself in a very structured fashion, uh, but it also becomes a task that you can assign to someone. It's a task which is attached to other uh, documents, which are your guidelines or brand assets. It's also a place where you can, you know, redact your content in various forms it's 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 basically much more powerful and then we have um all these things that all these bulk actions that you can do so for instance if you were assigning somebody like five different pieces or 20 different pieces of content say okay this is what you'll be doing over the next couple of days uh it takes like a lot of different uh, uh, uh little cells that you have to fill out uh and then emails someone and say this needs to be done but on narrator it's as simple as just saying okay these are 20 pieces of content single step and uh, you just, you assign it to somebody uh, the person gets a notification and it's done so so something that will take you a couple of minutes to get done and you'll end up using three different software gets done in a single step in a couple of seconds so so it's that way is really really efficient and uh powerful now um content it's not always just, you know, each piece of content doesn't necessarily exist in its own little world. A lot of times there's interdependencies. For example, in SEO, we do topical clusters where there's a, there's a, a topic, you know, that has to be published, but then there's clusters of other related topics and things that go around it. And, you know, and they're all interrelated in a way. So and when you publish it, you just can't treat one as just an entity unto itself, but, you know, it has to be part of a, a plan of how it's laid, it's laid out and what, what dependencies are there. Is, do, do, are you able to handle, you know, managing that content sort of interdependency in terms of the, the process of publishing? Yeah, so, so the way um, I think uh, Naredo helps you organize this kind of a structure is, we, like I said, it's, it's a very flexible platform. There are different content views that you can work with. And uh, one of the ways that a lot of our client teams and customers handle it is by using folders. So Naredo is also your Dropbox of content, essentially, or your Google Drive for content. So you, you can plan out your projects uh, in subfolders and, uh, you know, linking through saying that, okay, you know, all these pieces of content belong together. Let me keep it together. Let me act on it together. Uh, so you can form that kind of organization. Uh, you can also do detailed. So you can also organize it into different projects and say, okay, if, um, and, and that organization completely depends on how you're planning, uh, your content. So if, uh, if you want to say oh, every project is, um, you know, one channel, so a blog, social media, et cetera, and then you have these subfolders where each of the folders will inform 
what different parts of your content strategy you are creating content for. So if you have a particular cluster, uh, to- a topic cluster that you're working with, then you can have a particular folder and you can have all that content stored in together. You can also have these repeatable, used, uh, uh, repeatable, reusable guidelines and brand assets that you can keep in a repository linked to all of them, again, in a single step. So you can just say, you know, all of my content in this particular topic cluster is going to be informed by these um, three guideline documents, which which are essentially just uh, uh, documents under our repository that you have created. So, so that, so it's a flexible platform where you can structure all this out under a single roof. So that's, that's basically the idea. Cool. So, um, who does who do you think Nareda helps the most? I mean, what is your target audience? So we are building uh, Nareda for any business or any content creator, really. Uh, so anybody who's involved in a content creation process. Uh, so starting from agencies, marketing agencies, or even web design agencies who are basically getting content from the clients or creating it for them. Um, it's it's really powerful for them. It's for the content marketing teams of businesses. Uh, we also have publishers using our platform right now to manage their content process. Um, and we've also had uh, a lot of individual content marketers and copywriters use it because at the end of the day, even if you're working for yourself, you still have these partners that you'll end up interacting with. So there is some kind of a process that you have to map out. So, so it, so it's ready for any any business or any individual who's involved in content creation. Now it's primarily written content, right? Is it, does it get involved in uh, uh, visuals and uh, movies and things like that? So, so the editor supports uh, embedding of videos, images. You can do attachments on your content house. You can also section it out for different kind of files. Um, but, um, but yes, it supports written content at its core, but, um, I mean, you, you can essentially create your graphical visual content somewhere else and bring it to the platform. Uh, we also have an integration with Canva so you can create, um, your graphic, um, graphics work there on the platform and then just pull it back into the main content task, which has your content. So it supports, um, other forms, uh, visual forms of content as well. Um, uh, you're, you won't be able to create it on the platform as yet, and maybe in the future you will. Uh, but we have these integrations which let you build it and then pull it into your main content task. So you, you can use it for, for example, uh, creating a YouTube video. So you can have a content task for creating a YouTube video. You have the script there. You might go and record on a different piece of software, but then you can come back and embed the video uh, back into the content for discussions, collaborations, and review. Cool. Well, that brings up the question, you know, that, uh, um, you know, bringing an entire content process together is difficult. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of things that inform a content process and there's all these, you know, outside tools that do specialized stuff. And then there's a lot of stakeholders that are doing, you know, have different agendas and different, uh, you know, things they're trying to accomplish. So the way Uh, we are approaching this is that there are some core features and that, and there's a lot other uh, and there's a lot of other things that will accomplish through integration. So the core features, for instance, are things like your workflow management, um, 
our content editor where the work actually gets done, um, then um, then things like team management, which are really core to any kind of collaboration that you need to do. So, so to be able to run through your workflow, to be able to create a piece of content, to be able to work with your team. So these are sort of our core um, areas that we want to build uh, the features for and uh, rest every, and there's a lot of other things like publishing. So, I mean, we don't want to be a Hootsuite or, or a CMSs essentially. We, we want to integrate and that's what we have been doing. So we are already integrated to, to WordPress. So we want to have all those publishing integrations. Uh, we're not uh, immediately planning to be, uh, you know, a, um, a tool to create your videos or your visual content. So we integrate to those. So we bring in a lot of these uh, uh, capabilities to the platform through integrations, but the core features which are around your content process, which supports collaboration, which supports communication within the team and the ability to create your core script, core content is lies on the narrator. So that's how we are approaching it. Um, I don't know. I mean, five years down the line, we might have a, a lot of these integrations that we are looking at might also start supporting them as our features on the platform. But at the moment, this is how we are going about uh, prioritizing and building Narrato. Cool. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. So stuff is, you know, we use a content editor called Google Docs, <laughs> but you know, you can put a lot of extra add-ons on that. So, tell me a little bit about more more about your content a- editor. How does it to help uh, creators get better content faster? Yeah, so so basically, it gives you all the base functionality of um, 
Google Docs. <laughs> because I think they seem to be the most popular place to create content these days. So it, it, you can do whatever you can do on Google Docs. You can do on Red Editor. Um, uh, but besides that, we also uh, are building a writing assistant and the writing assistant helps you do a lot of things on your content. So currently it is able to give you um, uh, suggestions around improving the readability of your content. It gives you suggestions around content structuring. So very specific suggestions around, oh, your you know sentences are running a little bit too long, not too exciting. Paragraphs are running too long. Not great. So a lot of those things it does. Um, we're also planning on expanding this writing assistant to help you hopefully create content through AI and, you know, and GPT-3 is the talk of the town. So that's one yeah. of the, uh, one of the, uh, platforms we are also looking to build on. So the idea is to be able to help you build out those content outlines, content briefs. Uh, uh, the idea is this writing assistant also able to hopefully help you create parts of your content. So I don't mean that you will be able to write an entire article, but maybe some sentences, maybe some descriptions, help you with a little bit in your research, do better SEO uh, and things like that. Um, you At the moment in, on editor, you can also do things like, you know, you can run plagiarism checks, etc. You know, if you have a very large team and it's difficult to trust everyone, then there are those options as well. Uh, so we are, we are supplementing our editor with a, a lot of these additional features on top of your basic document facility so that, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a document creation software, but it's also, it's a real content creation editor where you can actually do more than just that. Cool. Um, AI content writing. I, you know, I, uh, I've seen a number of these lately, um, you know, and, uh, Somebody told me. Somebody told me that in machine learning, these systems out there. If you know, I was wor- I was wondering about duplicate content, and they would. They said, you know, if it's not trained well enough, the machine learning is not trained well enough, or it's trained too much, you'll get duplicate yeah. content. So it's like has to be in this precious middle spot. So you know, there's you know, I haven't seen any. I've seen passable content, but not great content. So do you think it's for real and? How do you think the content? I, I think we should take technology for as an enabler. We shouldn't treat it like magic, and which is a, which is a mistake very often. A lot of uh, folks end up doing, you know. And there's a lot of hype around. Oh, you know, it's an AI writer will create a long piece of article, but no, of course not. That's that's not what it's intended to do. It's an enabler. So what what I think uh, would be the capability and uh, th- that will come out of this development where, you know, uh, AI can write now sentences. And it is, of course, informed by all the learning that it has done on, you know, terabytes of data or more more data, right? So so the idea is that you would be able to do, for instance, generate uh, ideas around headlines, maybe. You would be able to um, uh, do short paragraphs or descriptions based on some notes that you provide, and that's realistic, and that's still a lot of help. Or you should be able to do, say, small ad copies, generate headlines, and that's that's realistic. And that's that's a great enabler because it'll save you time. Sometimes you're just stuck for words, and sometimes you you do want to get some of these um, um, mundane pieces of you know a couple of sentences of writing done faster and then clean it up. So it's it's essentially if we treat AI writing as something that will help copywriters do their job 
faster and more efficiently, then I think we, we are looking at it, right? Yeah. But if we are thinking that it's going to create these pieces of content that you can distribute, we'll, it'll be just garbage, mostly, I think. <laughs> so we, we, we just have to make best use of it to get things done better and faster and easier. And there's so much content that you need to generate these days that I think it, it should be fairly helpful. So what kind of uh, teams to optimize their content, their process, their visibility, analytics, you know, automation, and bulk actions? Yeah, so, so you can pull out uh, reports um, uh, on Narrator to have a very quick look at how, how your process is going. We have these content status bars that you can look at and see how a particular project is progressing. Um, you can drill down further to see, um, you know, how each piece of content has been doing. So there's, there's a lot of information that you can pull out. Um, and there's a lot of information that's visually available to you, whether it, can, it is in terms of content calendars or otherwise. And so, so that information allows you to track better, to be able to say where you are in the process, what you need to do. In addition to that, what we built is a lot of automation. So like I mentioned, you know, uh, before that, if you have to assign like a lot of pieces of content together, it's just, just really a one step, a couple of seconds process as against, uh, you know, um, task management softwares, which let you go one task at a time. And similarly, we have, we've built like a lot of different kinds of automations where you're able to do, a, you know, um, work, a, a, on a lot of content tasks at in a single goal. So you, you're able to um, link guidelines to it or you're able to assign or apply a template. So if you've decided that this is a particular structure in which you need information, so you can define that in sections um, of your content and then you can apply it to a lot of tasks. So we we're bringing in a lot of this automation both around workflow and how you function, um, which will help you, you know, reduce bottlenecks, move faster and optimize and measure, measure your process and optimize better. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's how we are approaching it. So, so that's great. I mean, you've got a great content editor. You're, you're improving the content process. What other things can content team, teams do to uh, improve their content creation and efficiency? What, what do you help them with? Yeah, so... I mean, at the moment, uh, you know, I, I'm getting into calls and discussing processes and <laughs> doing personal consultation. But essentially, um, um, capability-wise, uh, 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 I think that Nareto still requires to be managed by humans. So what we can help with is um, our teams basically get into these conversations and we talk to the process owners. We try and understand what the process is and help them uh, evolve the process that works for them. So like I said before, technology is really an enabler. So what we uh, help uh, our clients with is, you know, help them develop a solid process, understand what different team responsibilities, what this workflow should look like and be able to work through it. Um, uh, uh, so capability wise, like I said, you know, there, there are all these quality features and the workflow features, et cetera. But beyond that, we also go a step beyond in consulting and helping people and content teams figure out what the content processes should look like on a platform. So this is sort of a value added service that we offer. Um, but our, our 
our key advice to all content teams is, look, it, you need a well-defined, you need a documentation of your process. You need to be able to say how it's flowing. You should have clear responsibilities, accountability, and measurability for this to really work. Is that I have found that planning, content planning, is incredibly important for, um, you know, for processes to work. Because, you know, if you don't actually have a coherent content plan, you know, going into producing content, you can end up with a mess. So what can uh, Narada do? Could you agree with that first? So what can Narada do to help? Yeah. So, so there are things which exist on the platform uh, which can help you plan your content better. And there are some that we're building and I'll touch on both. Uh, so uh, the fact that you can organize your content ideas. So you, you generate, so idea generation is not something that's, that's something that you can sit in an hour and do. So they keep coming, going, et cetera. So it allows you that uh, um, flexibility to just go on the platform, add your content ideas all together. And uh, then once you put them together, then you can move through, uh, move them through the workflow as you plan it out. So you can do all your planning on a content calendar. We have a content calendar that you can use. Um, we're also building out a Kanban board, which will be, uh, which will allow you to move uh, all your content ideas through the, uh, the content creation life cycle. And uh, so th- these are two things that help you build build out better content plans. Uh, you can put all your ideas together, be able to plan for them for the month, for different dates, for different deadlines, or you know, just stack them up on your Kanban boards and then decide your priorities and move through. So this is the, the so, so, so Kanban is something that we are working on and it's a feature that's going to come uh, come will be released soon. And content calendar, of course, exists right now and you can work through it. The other thing that you can do is um, you can, uh, a lot of your content planning involves creating these detailed guidelines on how your content should look like. And we have a repository where you can keep these guidelines uh, for ready use so that you're not looking for them on documents and searching for them. And these can be linked to as many items as you like. so, so you can do a lot of your, uh, you can store a lot of your planning there so that you can just uh, then be able to reuse it at any given point in time that you need to. Um, we also have content templates that you can build out. So for instance, if you've decided this is how my uh, blog is going to always look like, it should address uh, four different things and you can build those templates and be able to uh, apply it again and again. So we basically the idea is to support your content planning um, through through content planning tools like calendars or Kanban boards or folders and then to also allow you to create these reusable uh, documents and things like that that you can just easily pull through and uh, run your process. So, you know, one of the things that we, you know, being in an SEO field and also a sort of a specialized travel field, we uh, create lots of metadata with every piece of content. Like SEO, you got a lot of metadata related to visibility. But in uh, travel, we work with something called memorable tourism experiences, which have, you know, the emotional factors that are going into making a memorable experience. And you can build anticipation with emotional words and, and, and targeting certain emotional experiences. Um, so it's not part of the content, it travels with the content. Is that something you handle with your system? 
So, yeah, the whole angle of content and the emotions is really critical. Um, so, again, it's, it's, it's a part that will be built on, on our writing assistant. So the whole idea would be to be able to save how your content. So, so there's this whole idea around the sentiment of the content, what it feels like, etc., to be able to inform you what kind of words you should be using. So that's that's definitely uh, something that we are currently working on and building into a writing assistant. Um, so I think that's going to be very critical and something that we, we are actually actively working on, uh, recommending to a writing assistant. But, but yeah, I mean, content is all about emotion and how you're feeling and, oh, <laughs> and then, then tapping into those feelings, um, gently to be able to convert your customers. So yeah, it's very, very cool uh, to. The, the, the thing I was asked, the thing I also was asking is like SEO, we, you know, with each content piece, we target keywords, we target certain metadata and it has to travel along, you know, with the content along the process. So that, yeah, when it gets to the end result, somebody that gets it knows what they have to offer. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. So do you have like the ability to tie content to data that, you know, in, that informs it, you know, as, 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 as like a, as something, I just, yeah, this is just a hypothetical. I don't know if you do it or not. I'm just yeah. wondering. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so Joseph, you, you're pretty much um, hit the spot there. This is something that we're actively working on. Uh, so immediately we do not inform content creation through data as of as of now. But this is something that we are actively working on because without that, what you create will be what you think is correct. So unless your content is informed by data and what's really active in the trends, then, then you won't get the best piece out. I agree. This is something that, that's, that's in the works and there, there are multiple aspects of this. 
So there, one is what, like you mentioned, uh, you know, to be able to say how your content is speaking to your customers. The other is to be able to use uh, what's what are the trends, what are the keywords that are trending to be able to inform and help people optimize for those. Um, so to be able to pull in the data and display that, look, um, people are talking about this topic, but these are the words that they're using. And I think um, uh, that the, there are APIs like Google NLP APIs, et cetera, which help you identify this. There's something that we are actively working on incorporating in a writing assistant. It's not immediately available, but it's something that will be available fairly soon uh, on our systems. And, uh, you know, this, this, this is again, like I said, it's not one thing. It's, it's a lot of different things. There, there are emotions. There, there are these words that people are talking about. There are those specific keywords that search engines are looking for. And there are all these questions that need to be answered and things like that. So, so yeah, it's, it's definitely on the cards and it's in the works. So uh, some industry questions. Uh, who wins the content? Is it the quality or the quantity? Um, well, <laughs> if you could just create one piece of content that goes viral, then quality will always trump, but that doesn't really always happen. You know, it's a hit or a miss. Um, so uh, if you could just predict that I'm going to create this piece of content and this is going to be read by you know, millions of people and then you're done, but, but that doesn't happen. So the quantity, that's, that's how the quantity comes into play. So you basically ideate, you uh, put your best foot uh, uh, out and say that, okay, look, we are going to create these X pieces of content and hopefully a few of them will start bringing in the traffic, will hit the right audience. And that there's so much to think about. There's then content localization, then there are different personas of your audience that you need to target. So you end up with the quantity. So while, um, so while you would just like a few quality pieces, you will always end up with the quantity. So there's a fine balance that you need to strike. You need to say, okay, these are the resources that are available to us. And this is how much content we can create and do the best with it. So I, I think it's it's a war that neither can win. I think there's just a fine balance you have to strike. So, um, you know, you, you guys are doing so much for process and talk and things, but how is a business right now? How do they know that they have a, a, a let's call it a wise content process or not? How do they know that they're, they have achieved it? Yeah. So I have a very strong belief that you cannot create wise content without the wise content process because you know, I mean, it'll always fall apart. You'll always end up with suboptimal results. And how you know that you have a wise content process, I think there are just a bunch of answers that uh, you need to a bunch of questions. So the kind of questions you should be asking yourself is, you know, if I need to pull out a piece of content, you know, simple basic things like if I need to pull out this piece of content that I commissioned like a few weeks ago, am I able to just do it in seconds or it's going to take me minutes or it's going to take me hours? Um, you know, do I have to dive through folders and ask a bunch of people or I can just go to a system and find it? Um, the other kind of question you should be asking yourself is, are you troubleshooting most of the time or are you actually investing your efforts into as a content manager, investing your efforts in content strategy and planning? So if you're troubleshooting most of the time, then again, you have a problem on hand. You don't have quite a process. Um, do you have enough visibility? Do you know what's happening on your projects? Do you know what each state is? Again, 
how much time will it take you to find that information uh, will determine how close you are to wise content process. So if you can quickly go and say, okay, that's what we're doing. Here we are. And this is the person in, in charge. Then you know you're on the right track. Um, the other signals are things like if you're working with part-time freelance writers and you need to uh, pay them, do you have those reports ready on your hands and you know what's going on and you're being able to pay them on time? And that's important, you know. Um, then so, so all these questions around your process and the fact that how much you are in control of your process will help you come to that final answer, whether you have wise content process or not. And if if your answers are mostly like, you know, we're spending minutes, not minutes, not seconds, but we're spending hours to get these pieces of information to run a process, then, then you're all over the place and you have no time left for what is important, which is to plan your content, to research and have a good solid strategy. I think that's great. I think in the information age is that, if a process takes hours, days, or weeks, it's probably not as efficient as it could be. I mean, all these things need to be close to minutes. <laughs> uh, <Yes>. So, um, <laughs> you have a content marketplace in Naruto. I saw that. What is it? What does it do? Who's it for? Yeah. So, um, so we built out a content marketplace to basically supplement our. Uh, our software and content teams who, you know, so, so, so when you're building content, you're, you're almost always short of capacity, um, creative capacity. And that's what we offer through uh, the marketplace. So, so the idea is that if you don't have a team immediately, or if you are looking to expand your team or you're in a high growth phase and you need to supplement that additional content creation, then you can tap the content marketplace. It has thousands of uh, varied writers that you can reach out to um, order content from, and it's, it's built for speed. So, so you can quickly place content orders and get them turned around. And you can go through a number of revision cycles. Again, those revision cycles are very quick. So, you know, things. And, uh, and how do you vet the writers? I mean, how are they vetted? Uh, so we actually uh, do it. Um, it's a multi-layered process. So the way it starts is first there is a qualification. So we look at uh, some of their past work. We we they, uh, we also look at what they've done, and then we assign them a certain level at which they can work on the platform. And once we've done that, then we are monitoring how uh, you know what's the kind of. Uh, uh, feedback that we are getting for the writer on the platforms. And then we move them across the level so we can move them down, up. And the system also is informed by learning. So it learns that, okay, you know, there's a certain writer which does really well on certain topics. So if there were projects floated by customers about a certain topic, so those will get preferential treatment uh, to the visibility of those jobs and projects. So there's a whole lot of smart algorithms and learning that goes into as well. So, and there's learning also from a customer perspective. So when a customer starts, uh, say, ordering content on the platform, then we learn what are the customer's preferences, if there were writers who were preferred over the others. And uh, if that writer is not available, who are similar writers who can be um, made available. So so there's, there's a whole lot of smart algorithmic stuff that we do in terms of writer to job matching. Um, and, and then, then there, we also have these manual review processes just to ensure that we are able to move writers across levels and assign them their 
specialities and uh, connections. So, so yeah. So there is there's a bunch of things that works there too. Cool. And uh, do you provide training to writers too? I mean, do you train them on processes and advancing their skills, or is that sort of left up to them to figure out? Uh, no, we do offer actually a lot of material um, uh, that the writers can go through. So we have very specific directions. So we don't leave them to just help themselves. So they're, of course, freelance writers. A lot of them fairly experienced, you know, have been writing for a decade, two decades, some of them. And uh, But we, we do offer a lot of um, resources in terms of how things should be done so that there's an entire health section dedicated to how different uh, kinds of content should be approached and they can actually refer to that uh, those resources do do a lot of self-learning we also send out weekly feedback um, taking some examples of how things could be done differently or better uh, which goes out as uh, as a newsletter out to the writers so it helps them basically identify uh, those quick improvement areas um, and additionally our, our editorial team um, so so also sits there and is open to taking questions or discussing with them uh, um, how things should be done. And occasionally from time to time, we also do uh, webinars uh, to uh, either do a Q&A or to basically walk our writers through um, uh, the best practices of creating content. So, so there are a mix of strategies that we use to inform them. The only trick here, however, always is that freelance writers, I, I mean, they're on for some time and off for some. So, so, so there, there's this constant effort, repeatable effort that you have to keep uh, making and investing. Mm. And, and, and yes, so that's how we support. I've lived that life. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> managing freelancers can be like herding cats. Yeah, they uh, yes. disappear for, oh, I'm going to go <laughs> to the Caribbean for a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so one of the most, what are the uh, upcoming fe- uh, features of Narana that you're excited about? Yeah. So, so I've talked about the writing assistant quite a bit, and that's definitely something I'm most excited about. That's where a lot of our effort is going in as well. Uh, the, the, the second set of features are all around automation, writer management. Um, that, that I think is, is on a faster track and are going to be available almost immediately. But there's a lot of automation we've already built, and now we're building a lot of flexibility around that automation as well, so that you know, tech content teams can come and say, "Look, my process looks a little different, and I want to automate it differently." Um, so we, we are making the building those capabilities to allow content teams that flexibility to build their cool. own automations. Yeah. So, what's your big vision for Nerado? So yeah, so we want to be. The single platform where you can really bring all your content processes and people together. We really want to be that single integrated platform where this can happen for you and you don't have to deal with all these fragmented pieces of software. Um, so essentially, I mean, we want to be like the GitHub is for code, you know. So we want to be the place where you can build your content, you can maintain it, and you can collaborate on it seamlessly. Or another example to give is be the HubSpot, uh, what HubSpot is for sales and marketing. We want to be for content. So that's the big vision. Uh, we are taking our small steps towards it. And hopefully in a couple of years, we'll be there. Fabulous. Well, uh, thank you for being on the show. What If somebody wants to find more about uh, 
Nerato, or if they want to follow you, how can they do that? Yeah, so, so find Sophia Solanke, uh, Nerato, founder on LinkedIn, find me on Twitter, or you could just go to our website, which is narrator.io, uh, drop us a note, we're very quick to respond, and we'll be in touch, and from there on, let's have a conversation, or let's exchange emails, whatever is preferable. All right. Thank you. That was fantastic. Uh, and uh, well, uh, I'm glad you've been on the show. Thank so, you, Joseph. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.